could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with us, and we appreciate that. So wherever you're listening and watching and however you're listening and watching, thank you for tuning in to the Game Plan Podcast. My name is Alex Goodwin. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in Timberwolves, a series I refuse to watch in the series that should be on Tubi or BET Plus. S as in Stomp, like what Draymond Green did to DeMontis Sabonis. M as in Memphis, like the Memphis Grizzlies, who just beat Kennedy Miller's LA Lakers. Kennedy Miller, my man. Yes, sir. How you doing, dog? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's allergy season, so it's kicking my butt right now. But NBA playoffs are here, so it's the best time of the year for me. I about to say, between allergies and the L.A. Lakers, y'all both got something in common tonight. You got your butts kicked. Okay? Yeah. Yes, we did. So, you know what? I'm going to start it off with you, Kennedy Miller. Get your, like, your live post-game thoughts because you, Kennedy Miller, I don't know if you know this yet, but I'm just going to adorn you. Like, you were like the pastor of the Church of Braun in Christ, okay? You are the founding pastor, all right? So, like, what is your, like, opening thoughts of game two, Memphis, L.A.? I mean, they just, they didn't play well. Um, It's been the story of this team for pretty much most of the season. This was their lowest scoring game of the season. So, uh, I mean, it's like, it's like whenever they get a, a semblance of, of like being the favorite or, or being that team. It's like the next game is just a total letdown. Like it's like once they get some momentum before like these last like two weeks of the season, like they'd win a big game and then they lose somebody that they're not supposed to. So I knew that with the jaw injury, I knew that if he wasn't going to play like Memphis, obviously is what I think it said there. 22 and 17 or 32 and 17 whenever job doesn't play over these last two years. Yeah. 33 and 17 after tonight's win. 33 and 17 after the win. So, you know, obviously they're not a bad team um, because I think Tyus Jones is starting point guard in this league. And what he does well is he doesn't turn the ball over. Um, and so, you know, they look very lethargic tonight. Um, they, they didn't really look like they gave a lot of effort until they were down by 20 and then cut it to 10 pretty quickly. Um, but you know, with good teams, you can't overcome that. And so shout out to Memphis, shout out to Xavier Tillman. He was probably the player of the game. Uh, Anthony Davis didn't play well offensively. I think he had like five blocks at halftime, but he's offensively. He just didn't shoot the ball. Well, didn't, didn't play particularly hard. Got a lot of his shot blocks, shots blocked. Um, and our guards didn't really give us much either. Um, outside of Austin Reese, who had 12 on 12 shots though. D'Lo, two for 11. Dennis Schroeder had zero points. So, you know, they play well. And I think they split they, they split on the road 1-1, which is what you anticipate if you're the, the road team. And so now you're going back to LA and hopefully you can turn the, turn the ship. So for me, the biggest thing tonight had to be if this, if a team is going to be a true contender a true championship team this is a game you have to win they don't have their best player their most important player and this is a chance for you to really grab this thing by the throat early grab this series go up 2-0 going back to your spot and they didn't do that like you said they came out flat completely and utterly flat and i think that is an indictment on like coaching and leadership 
because a guy, and I'm not blaming this specifically on LeBron James, but LeBron James has been here a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like this, like there should have been, I believe, more urgency for, for them because Memphis is a great basketball team, you know, and without Ja, I believe they play much more team oriented, if that makes sense. Like everybody gives a little bit. It becomes in some ways, you remember how those Spurs teams played in the early 2010s where they don't have a superstar where they don't have like a main, main guy, but everybody's going to give you 10 to 12 points and play their role and do it effectively and efficiently. That's basically what Memphis is without John Morant, you know, and that's like credit to good coaching, good preparation from Taylor Jenkins. But my big thing with the Lakers is in these first two games has number one been, they aren't going to get 30 from Rui Hachimura and, or 15 from Austin Reeves in the fourth quarter every single night, right? Like, if you get 30 from Rui Hachimura, even 20 from Rui Hachimura, hey, it is a cherry on top, right? But the three guys who have got to give you something have to be LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and probably D'Angelo Russell. And if D'Angelo Russell gives you nothing, you're probably going to lose. It also didn't help Anthony Davis play poorly, too. But you've got to get something out of D'Angelo Russell. And this is, I believe, the second time in three games he just didn't particularly play well. So, I mean, what do you think they can do to, like, get him going a little bit more consistently? Is it, like, get, getting up and down and running? Or is it just, you know, get, getting the ball in his hands a little bit more? I mean, I think he'll, you know, like, he's a little streaky. So, like, some. Some nights I don't think he's gonna have it. I just because I mean it was it wasn't like he didn't get good looks tonight. He just kind of missed some around the round, missed a three with like three minutes left that I thought was a great skip pass um, from LeBron. It was a good look. He just missed it, but I mean like you said, D'Lo and AD go a combined six for twenty five from the field, and they lose by ten. Obviously to a Memphisless, you know, I mean to a jawless Memphis team, but you know you got to get some more production. Um, from those guys, um, you know, it in the playoffs, it's your stars, right? Your stars are the ones that's going to carry you. But you also need to have those unsung heroes. Like, Rui's not going to score 30 every night. Um, but it's just got to be somebody that steps up in an untimely way. Like, Memphis had Xavier Tillman, who had like 22 and 10 or 22 and 12 tonight, um, who, you know, played out of his mind. That was their unsung hero tonight. So, if you can just have one of Reeves, Hachimura, Schroeder, um, like you said, D'Lo, somebody that provides some type of spark, you give yourself a chance. And and the good thing for the Lakers is they've got four or five guys that are unsung heroes that have each taken their turn at some point in this regular season so far as helping a team secure a victory at some point in time. So, um, like I said, it's 1-1, one, one, though. And um, you going back to L.A., and hopefully with that crowd behind you, you can hopefully go back to Memphis up 3-1. Does So did they actually say what's wrong with John Morant's hand? Did they say it was like a bruised wrist or something like that? Yeah, I think it was a, yeah, a, bruised, a bruised wrist or something like that. But there were no fractures, no tears, nothing broken. Okay, because that kind of changed the trajectory for this thing. Because if Ja can come back and Memphis just holds the fort down long enough, like if Memphis holds this to 2 2, I think Memphis probably pulls this out. You know, because I think, and again, this is a situation like of just urgency, right? And playing a good team. You know, Memphis, 
like when they said, all right, Ja's not going to play, they didn't flinch. They're like, okay. You know, and that's one of those things, like with the Lakers team that's obviously got more talent and at least with that, without Ja and more shot creators, right? This should have been a game they should have won tonight. And I, I think that's fair to say. But the fact yeah. that they didn't – oh, go ahead, my bad. No, no, no. Go Finish finish the point, though. I was just going to go right up to that. And I was going to say, and the fact that they didn't, to me, is a little bit troubling because in a situation where their best player isn't healthy, in a situation where you could really take control of a series really early, and if you take control of a series really early and you end it really early, guess what you old guys and old-bodied Anthony Davis gets to do? Rest. Right. You know, but the longer this goes and the more, look, in my head right now, man, Anthony Davis is one slip, trip, or fall away from this all being over. Well, I mean, you make good points. I, I think they should have won the game, and I think they should have tried harder to win the game. Uh, but I'm not overreacting to it uh, just because, like, number one, I think about, you know, when, when teams are missing their guy, and then, like, automatically, especially, like, when the media kind of hypes it up, too, that other team gets, like, a rallying cry, like, oh, they don't think we can do it? Okay, let's show them. And it's also, like, as much as you game plan for it, this is basically a brand-new team that you're playing against. So, like, especially in the playoffs, so even though they 33-17 and 17 now without Ja, like, playoff basketball, playoff rotations are different. So until you actually see that and see what they are without job, then you can understand like, okay, this is what we need to do moving forward to play against this team. Like I think about the the Bucks when they played Brooklyn, and I want to say it was James Harden that ended up getting hurt. It's like okay, well the Bucks should win this now. When it was James Harden, Kyrie, KD, they should win this now. James Harden is out, and they brought in like Mike James. So Mike yeah. James balled. Mike James balled, and I think they went up two zero on him, and everybody was just calling for it to be over. And, the Bucks ended up winning the championship. It's just a different feel when you're missing someone like your main guy. And even if he is the, you know, the the number one option on your team, it's a it's an entirely different rotation. You got to figure it out on the fly. And granted, they probably should would have still won the game if they had actually played hard. Um, but it's it's not a walk in the park per se. And so uh, I'm interested to see how they look in game three. Um, like you said, they're old. So they got uh, – they don't play till Saturday. And that's another thing that's been helping them. Like they started Sunday, Wednesday, and they don't play till Saturday. It's a so, conspiracy. This, this is a conspiracy. This is the NBA. Okay. Well, the Bucks got the same schedule too. Vince, like they, is this Vince McMahon running the NBA now? Yeah, but I mean this like I'm messing be. with you. But this um like we gotta remember, like I just remember right before the game, this Grizzlies team without John Morant beat the Warriors last year by thirty. Yeah with no John Morant. So they're an entirely different ball club and it's something else that you got a game plan for because Ja is this explosive athlete that likes to get downhill and you know, can kind of I don't want to say make mistakes because every every basketball player makes mistakes, but he can end up, you know, putting his team at risk sometimes where Tyus Jones is just this very patient, true point guard that's going to get everybody involved, usually makes the right play the last three or four years, led the league in assist to turnover ratio. So 
it's just a matter of game planning different. And I think they'll do that moving forward as being a veteran ball club that they are. And we mentioned just teams game planning for a team that doesn't have one of their main guys. And that's, a, I think, a pretty good segue to move to Clippers Suns. And I don't know about you, Kennedy Miller, but the first two games of Clippers Suns, I walked away feeling a whole lot more confident that the Clippers could win this thing because what Phoenix lost in that Kevin Durant trade in Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson was depth. You know what I mean? And of course, I would probably make the same trade. I get the chance to acquire Kevin Durant. And I think for me, the math is, is what we're giving up, is that ever going to equal or in collective approximate for what Kevin Durant is going to give you or insert player here is going to give you? If the answer is no, you ship him out of town. Right. And so that's what they did. But the problem with Phoenix is they have no depth. Like once you get past Booker, Durant, Aiden, and what's left of Chris Paul, they got dudes from the NBA's witness protection program coming off the bench for them. Like everybody coming off their bench, I thought was out of the league. Between Shamit, Bismack, Biombo, uh, TJ Warren got some run the other night, didn't he? He did. He did get some run. Terrence Ross. Um, they are getting nothing from the bench. I think in the first two games, they got outscored in game one, bench points 30 to six. And in game two, the bench point scoring was 30 to 13. So in order for them to win that game last night, they needed a casual night at the office from Kevin Durant, like 26 points. Torrey Craig to hit go five from eight from the three-point line. Devin Booker to go berserk in the third and fourth quarter. Like that's what it took to beat a Paul George-less L.A. Clippers. And might I add, boy, have you seen Kawhi Leonard? Jesus. He is shooting. You know, he's shooting better from the three-point line these first two games than he is from the field. Yeah. No, he's been been automatic. So I'm just kind of like, if the Clippers can get through this series, and I at this point I think they can just because the Clippers have a little bit more depth than they do. And the Clippers, I think T. Lou is going to have to be the sixth man on the floor for the L.A. Clippers. But I don't I don't know. Am I making sense? I mean, yeah. No, I mean, the Clippers will definitely look good. Um, and obviously they have more depth than the Suns. Um, but I, I, I think that the, the X factor is going to be between the point guards. Like, who's going to win that battle? I feel like Kawhi is going to be a monster. Devin Booker and KD are going to do what they do. Like, I think KD or Devin Booker is going to be up there with one of the best teammates that Kevin Durant has ever had. Um, he's not better than Steph Curry, but he's close to it as far as, like, shot-making ability. And he showed that in the second half yesterday. Um, so I don't think that's, like, an outlier. Like, I think, especially with no PG on the other end, like, I think he's very capable of doing that. But the X factor comes in the point guard play. I feel like Russell Westbrook has shown phenomenal energy these first two games, especially on the defensive end, crashing the boards. And game one, Chris Paul like got to a lot of his spots and missed a lot of his jumpers. And it kind of started off that way with game two as well. And so if Chris Paul has hit the wall, 
they have no chance. <laughs> if Chris Paul has hit the wall, which he very well can hit that wall. He's 37. Like he's about to be 38, I think, in the beginning of May. Yeah. So, I mean, it. First of all, it's not that common to see a point guard go this long in his career, you know, still playing at a level that Chris Paul has played at. So it, it's nothing wrong with it. But if he has hit that wall, then the Suns will be going home in the first round. But if there is still signs that he can get to his mid-range and knock it down at a high level with KD and, and, and Devin Booker, because like like we just talked about in the last series, it's a thin line like like – Depth, depth wins you games in the regular season. And stars win you games in the playoffs. But you need, like, unsung heroes, you here know, and every – here and there. So, like, I fully expect Kawhi to probably average 33, 34 points a game in this series. But relying on, like, Batum uh, – who was it? Batum. Norman Powell. <laughs> And Norman Powell, would they go 0 for 10 from 3 yesterday? Something like it. I know Batum was 0 for 4. Yeah, I think they want to combine 0 for 10. Like, that's the part where, like, okay, well, Kawhi's cooking. Let me give it to PG, too, and let you let you cook. Like, obviously, I don't think they're going to shoot like that again, but you never know who's going to have off nights, whereas they got a two-headed monster over there with one of the best point guards ever to play and if he can knock down his mid-range and find deandre aiden on the rolls or the short rolls and Plumley and zubak are going to play in the paint and aiden is shooting these free throw line jumpers like it's 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 going to be a good series like it's going to go six or seven so um i don't know I, I i said the sun's in seven so i'm inclined to stick by it but i mean like you said number one Kawhi has been absolutely phenomenal and Russell Westbrook has shown to be the bigger X factor so far. He has, but I think it was one of those things with Russell Westbrook. And I heard somebody describe describe Russ like this yesterday. Vinny Goodwood from Yahoo Sports. He said Russell Westbrook is like a, a very loyal dog, right? Like it's the greatest, like a great the greatest dog you'll ever have because it's loyal. It does everything you want it to do, and then every now and again, it'll shoot a deuce on your couch. Yeah, and. and Watching Russ in game one, we, we got the full Russ experience, at least what it's been for the last 18 months, because, boy, he was dreadful offensively. And I was oh, just yeah. sitting there like, they have to take him out. He's going to shoot them out of the game. I'm like, yo, they need to go with Bones Highland or Eric Gordon. Hell, anybody, you know, but he because he's dreadful right now in offense. But then on the other end of the floor, he basically canceled all that out because just as bad as he was on the offensive end, he was excellent defensively just with his activity. Yep. Like bothering Kevin Durant, bothering Booker, just energy and re like just him, him being himself. You know what I mean? And then in game two, he played much better. I think game one or somewhere like he's. The way he played in these first two games, he was just too big, just on extremes. It was hot and cold, right? Like, what is the middle for Russell Westbrook in a series like this, in a role that he's being asked to play? You know, because if Russell Westbrook, and I don't really think this is more likely, if he plays more like he did in game two, offensively getting to his spots and knocking down those shots, because the, the wildest thing about Russ is 
those mid-range jumpers and finishing around the lane, these are all layups and jump shots, those mid-range shots he's made his entire career. And all of a sudden, the last, I don't know, year or so, he can't knock those down consistently anymore. So if he finds a way to knock those down, he all of a sudden becomes an unlikely number two for Kawhi Leonard that he can lean on. Do I think that's more like likely to happen? No, I think that those points that miss from Paul George are going to have to come by committee. But do and I got a, I got a question for you, just like a schematic question, because I was thinking yesterday. The Clippers might have to throw like put Marcus Morris or uh, Robert Covington in the rotation, just another another couple of bodies to throw at Booker and Kevin Durant, just because now, of course, they don't help you on the shot creation aspect of this, but a couple of more long, tall athletic dudes that can switch like they don't hurt. Well, I mean, and that's that's what I've been saying about the Clippers um, pretty much since the trade deadline is like, yeah, I like the moves, but it's only five people on the court at a time. And I think Ty Lue, especially starting off the series, has done a great job, like schematically trying to throw different things, like putting Zubak on Tory Craig and, you know, throwing all these different things. But again, somebody going to be the odd man out. Like when I'm when I was looking at those trades that trade the long day and you got uh Mason Plumley and you got Eric Gordon and you got Bones Highland, uh Russ. And you got Russ. Okay, well, they was already probably the deepest team in the league. Now you add four more guys that can play. So who's gonna be out the, the who's gonna be out of the picture? And, you know, I think Tyrone Lewis is just playing it by matchups and playing it by what he sees and you know, I was somebody – I didn't think that Bones Holland would get playoff minutes. I didn't think he was ready. I thought that the trade was more of a, you know, a low-risk, high-reward later, possibly, yeah. with a young guard that, you know, didn't really work out in Denver. But he's gotten some minutes, and he's, he's looked okay. Um, but I, I would agree with you. Like, I didn't see a scenario where Marcus Morris – and I know he's been out, but, you know, he was a starter for most of the year. Uh, I didn't see a scenario where Marcus Morris would be out of rotation or Robert Covington. I think both of those guys could bring something to this team uh, that could help them out. Again, the problem that I asked would be because I would assume that either Plumley, as the back of big, one of those guys would, you know, possibly put Batum at the five and they'll be the four or the three. Either you're taking out Plumley or you're taking out Bones Hodden. Bones got to go. Like and Bones got and Bones would have to go in my opinion, which is fine, but. Where's that playmaking going to go down the stretch of this? Like, who's going to be the other playmaker besides Kawhi? Yeah, I think that is the big... And Russ, I'm sorry. Yeah, because yeah. I think that that is the big thing, like, that they're missing without Paul George. Is that, like, absolutely. Who are they going to be able to, like, if they're... Because what the Suns did last night, they were fronting Kawhi and trying to double him when he caught it, you know, and try to get the ball out of his hands really quickly. That really don't work if you got Paul George over there who can knock down a three or get to the bucket or create his own shot and, you know, let Kawhi kind of come off some screens. All the responsibility of creating buckets for Kawhi Leonard isn't on Kawhi Leonard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, so, and, and then Russ will – oh, I'm sorry. No, you, you, you Gucci. But, I mean, Russ can be that, but then at times he can't be that too. And speaking as an avid Lakers watcher, <laughs> for the last year and a half, I've seen it with I've seen it with my own eyes, and I would just like to say that while watching these games, I have just been 
so happy because good or bad, it's not my problem anymore. Wow. So, <laughs> you you sound like somebody who's having like who's had who who dated somebody or whatever the case. Oh, happened, yeah. Or you lived with somebody and you know, you like this dude is nasty. He leave his socks all over the place, oh, his yeah. dishes in the sink, and now you hear somebody else complaining about it. You're like this. Is that so? Really? Mm. Real. Yeah. No. I I sit I sit on the couch. I sat on the couch and I that like you said, that game one especially was the Russell Westbrook experience. I've seen it with my own eyes. He'll look bad all game. Make a game winning play. I mean made a great block on Devin Booker down the stretch. Threw it off his foot. Uh turned the ball over, got the ball back. He and he knocked down the free throws before that. But he went three for nineteen. Like he didn't play well most of the night, but his energy it was there, right? Who wanna bet us that we don't touch leather stack chatters forever? And I, I I think for me, and we, we can close and move on to what the folks really want to talk about. Make those extra plays for the Clippers. Who is going to be able to help Kawhi Leonard? Because he's shooting 60% from the three-point line in the first two games. He's balling out wow. of his mind. So if he's doing that and they can just hold Kevin Booker and – I said Kevin Booker. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant to just average nights at the office and no one goes ballistic, they got a shot because when they were playing the other last night – Kawhi was on the bench for the first half of the second quarter, and the lead increased for the Clippers. And I'm like, all right, look, if they keep this up, these guys are going to be okay. I think I'm starting to change my pick. I, I think the Clippers are going to win this series. I do. Like, I've gotten there, it, and it's just the fact that you're asking Durant and Booker and Chris Paul to play more than 39 minutes a game. And you're asking a lot out of them, and you're getting nothing from your bench that is brought to you by the Witness Protection Program. That's that's really and they're also missing campaign too. They are, which would, which would definitely have a help them with a change of pace guard. That it would. That it would. So we're gonna move on to the team that's been the most dominant team in the NBA in the last eight years, and they are they have their hands full with the Kangs. Golden State is down to. Oh, Draymond Green is suspended for game three after like channeling his inner Cisco and trying to hit one of them tell me jump off jump steps. Boy, look, <laughs> hey, I've been laughing like literally all day because, yo, the way Draymond Green stomped on him, I thought he saw a roach on the court and was trying to step on it or something. I oh, he, like, he he stomped on him like, yo, <laughs> He stepped on him and he didn't got himself suspended. And I just think that's one of the things like one of them repeat offender things. And I think that's also because Draymond, after he did it, you know how in wrestling when a heel like they do a low blow or they hit somebody with a chair and the referee got his back and Earl Hebner got his back turned. And you just yep. watching the TV stressed out and he's like, you know, messing with the crowd and playing. That's what Draymond was doing. Like Draymond, oh, yeah. Draymond is might as well be JBL, okay? And now he's suspended for game three. So, like, 
do you think the Warriors find some way to come back and win this thing? Because we picked them to win in this to win this thing in six games. But uh, I, I, what you think? My prediction out? already wrong because I said Warriors in five. Ooh. So mine is already wrong. Um, if they can get past this next, if they can get through this next game, obviously they still have a chance, right? Because they're gonna be playing at home. Sacramento's crowd is great, but Golden State has a great crowd as well. Um, and Sacramento's been one of the best road teams all year, but I need to see how they play on the road in the playoffs. And you know, it, it's just been a really fun series to watch. It's actually been more physical than I thought it would be. And you could tell that these teams really uh, kind of know each other and run this a lot of the same stuff. Um, and so, man, it's been good to watch. It's been good to watch. And I, I like to see guys in their first time in the playoffs like Fox and Monk and just going crazy, man, and just giving it to the defending champs. And I don't – I'm going to stick with my pick. And I guess I'm going to have to say Warriors in seven now because I just don't believe – I don't believe they're going to win four straight. Now, I do think if they do, you know, take care of business at, at home and if it's 2-2, I don't know if Sacramento is going to – like, it's a whole different vibe going to game five tied up, you know, back to you, even if it's your home court. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think to me the biggest thing with Sacramento is going to be now that you're in this position that you're up to zero, like do you rest back on your laurels? Do you think these dudes are going to just lay it down? Because one thing I can say about Golden State, man, these dudes are champions. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And these dudes, like they've seen it all at this point these last eight years. Like they've seen every just about every situation. You know what I mean? They've been down 3-1. They've been up 3-1 and blown the lead. Like, Everything in between. They've seen it. They've done it. They've won tough games on the road, which is why we I gave them the benefit of the doubt that they'd be able to win a game or two on the road. At least the first one of these. I thought they'd split this first uh, in Sacramento. But clearly I was wrong about that. And, and, and the thing about game two to me really stuck out is Sacramento was in control of that game from the very beginning. Like it always felt like the Warriors were playing catch up. And I think some of that is due to the fact that Golden State leads the NBA in pace, and that plays right into what Sacramento wants to do. Sacramento wants to get up and down. They want to put up a lot of jump shots. That's what they want to do. And Steph Curry shooting 33% from the three-point line in the first two games. So if your game is really perimeter-oriented and you get up and down, but you're not making those threes, long shots equals long shots and misses equals long rebounds equals leak outs and transition. Now we're with threes and dunks. And that's what's help, that's what I really think is helping Sacramento. So I think if Golden State slowed this thing down a little bit and made Sacramento play in the half court, like I'd much rather have De'Aaron Fox have to walk this ball up while we can get our defense set and then go from there than have him just with a full head of steam just going as fast as he possibly can wreaking havoc. And might I also add, uh, uh, they're going to need Jordan Poole to do something. Oh well, I mean it's gonna be it's it's gonna be tough, especially with his defensive limitations. Um I, I think you're absolutely right on the speed part. You know, I, I think it was the first game they said that Mike Brown told his team that he wants them to actually play faster than how fast they were playing at that point. And I think that's I think that's pretty much his game plan, like, okay, let's see if they can keep up with our speed and our pace for forty eight minutes. These dudes are 
defending champions, but their core is also 35, 34, 36 years old. And honestly, like through these first two games, the only two people that can keep the basketball in front of them on the defensive end is Gary Payton and Andrew Wiggins and, and DiVincenzo at times. But everybody else, guys are getting blown by. And you make a point about Steph Curry shooting. Um, they're making them, because they're being they're able to be so physical with them off the ball, they're making them take a lot of tougher shots, a lot more shots off the dribble um, than they're used to taking. But the Warriors have also outshot them, like, from three these first two games, which is interesting because, like, I think it's a stat 75% of the time a team outshoots you from three by four or more, that team wins, and the Warriors have been losing. Yeah. Um, so that's attributed to turnovers. Um, and that's the tribute to not being able to get stops on that defensive end. And so, like, I mean, it's a physical, fun series. Like I said, it, it's great that, you know, Mike Brown is, you know, coming back to coach against his former team um, that he was an assistant at. So you know that Harrison Barnes got some revenge. He dunking on Clay twice, screaming at him. I'm like, he bull- oh, yo, yo, he, yo, he has been waiting like seven years to be like, y'all you know it. But here's my thinking. Harrison Barnes really be upset. No. Look, look, I'm like this. Yo, they had the chance to get Kevin Durant. Oh, no, 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 no. We're cool with Harrison Barnes? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And 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 that's another thing. Like seven years ago, like this Warriors team would have Iguodala, right, who was able to keep people in front of him, knock down shots, another high-level athlete. Like I don't think Kaminga is ready to play on this level yet. And then like them losing Draymond Green, that's, that's going to be a huge blow for game three. And – I didn't even realize, like, they put a whole compilation of all of Draymond Green's <laughs> incidents. Alex, it was 10 minutes long. Yo, was it Yo, was it as long as, I remember when somebody put a compilation of crazy things Charlemagne had said on the Breakfast Club? Was it like yeah. that? Yeah, it was literally like that. <laughs> no, he, li- it was, I didn't, I had never even seen this play. He put, like, Anthony Davis, you know, like, when a, when a crocodile, when they, you know, let's say when they bite you and they start flipping you, <laughs> Gator rolling, he was like grabbing his leg and like flipping him, bro. Like he's like, bro, like half the time, what do you be doing, Draymond? But I, I think he totally deserves suspension, uh, just like you. I mean, it's if you're a repeat offender and you've done this in a lot of big games, playoff games, and you really have been given the benefit of the doubt, besides that one suspension in the finals. Like, I think about the time, uh, game one of the 2018 finals, he, I mean, he he put his fingers in LeBron's eye and it wasn't even reviewed for a flagrant foul. It's literally like three or four pictures of guys with red eyes after playing against Draymond Green and the Golden State Warriors. Like LeBron, Jokic, James Harden, they've all been just poked in the eye somehow by, by Draymond Green, just like, oh, it's some coincidence. Same as Steven Adams getting hit in the nuts twice by Draymond. Like, all these things can't be a coincidence, bro. I was going to say, especially Steven Adams, man. I hope Steven Adams, I, I hope he's all right because I ain't going to lie. When Draymond kicked him in the kids, like, it wasn't just like Draymond's foot, like, went full extension. Oh, yeah. And I know, yo, out the game would have been over. It would have been Alex Goodwin. Out, out for three. Weeks. Look, look, out for two games. Why? You, damn it, you saw why. So, so do you still have the Warriors in six, or are you 
Lord have mercy. And I, I think the thing is, I want so badly to give the, give the Golden State Warriors the benefit of the doubt because they've earned the benefit of the doubt. They're like the San Antonio Spurs, right? They're like LeBron James himself. We just give LeBron the benefit of the doubt because we've seen this man's resume. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, but we've seen this movie before. You know what I'm talking about? But the right. fact that they just look kind of out of sorts at times and the fact that they can't really win on the road, like they're going to have to win four of the next five, which means like they're going to have to win at least one game. And yes. It is, an Ar is it called Arco Arena or did they tear that down? Man, I think it's. Was it the, the Golden One Center or something like that? Look, it was Arco, it was Arco Arena the last time we really watched the Kings play an extended period of time. But yeah. they gonna have to win at least one game in Sacramento, either Game Five again or Game Seven. They're gonna have yep. to win one game there. Can they do that? You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm gonna stick with the Warriors. I'm gonna stick with them, but I don't feel very confident in this. Like I'm just gonna keep it a buck with you. I'm just kind of like. Mm -hmm. Eh, maybe like if this went the other way in Sacramento won in six, I wouldn't be shocked. I think Golden State wins. Pro they play tomorrow night. They play tomorrow night, and the NBA needs to be investigated for this malpractice that they did tomorrow night. How are you going to put? This is Mountain Time that I'm on. By the way, okay. How are you going to put the Warriors? Let me make sure that I get it right. You're going to put the Kings Warriors at 9 o'clock Central and the Clippers Suns at 9.30 Central. What channel is Clippers Suns on? Clippers Suns is going to be on NBA TV. What? That's not an NBA TV game. That's not an NBA TV game. Boy, I like, tell you. Y'all got to do better. That's one. You need to put Minnesota Denver on that day and just put one of them differently. Forget putting Minnesota Denver on NBA TV. I said it earlier in the show, Kennedy Miller. They need Minnesota Denver needs to be on Tubi. Okay, nobody wants to watch this. Like it's on right now on TNT, and I'm upset looking at it. Like Tubi, BET Plus, BET. Look, they need some content. They just show Baby Boy and Madea goes to jail every other oh, day. Oh goodness. They need some content. Adam Silver need to hit up. Uh, I don't know who runs BET. Tyler Perry basically runs BET, but yeah. like. That just made me upset. It did, bro. Like the Clippers, Clippers and Suns yeah. is really on NBA TV. Wow, that's ridiculous. That they, and they're basically playing at the same time. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've been enjoying these playoffs, man. Though I, I really have. Yeah, same here, same here. I will say this: I, we need some of these West Coast teams to get up out of the playoffs because I'm tired of being up till midnight. I am Dude. whooped, whooped. I tell you, whooped. But. We got a couple of fan questions and fan comments. So, my man Mark asks, if Jalen Brown keeps playing like he's top 15, can the Bucks beat the Boston Celtics? Kennedy Miller? Man, I I don't know if that's up to Jalen Brown more so than it's up to Chris Middleton. And I think Giannis is going to be fine. So, I'm not going to talk about the health of Giannis. But is Chris Middleton's knee really okay? And it, I think it's okay enough for them to beat Miami, regardless if Giannis plays or not, because Miami can't score. They play out of their minds the first game, but losing Tyler Hero is going to hurt them. Um, and clearly, uh, are they still down by 30 tonight? They are down. But it's the start of the fourth quarter, and they are down 35, 33. So, 
I don't think Miami really has a chance. But if if it is a it, which it most likely will be a Boston Milwaukee um, Eastern Conference Final. That's right because Boston will play Philadelphia next. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. And I and I also think like I think again how are we kind of talk about the Suns, Katie and, and and Booker. I think Tatum and Brown are those stars, right? They're gonna do what they have to do. I think the X factor for that is also the health of Robert Williams. If Robert Williams is healthy, they are a really dominant defensive team and probably have one of the best best eight-man rotations in basketball, right? I think the Clippers are the deepest team, but I think if you just talk about your top eight guys, I think the Celtics have that. And so I'm ready. I'm, I'm really ready to see that if it happens. Uh, but I think – I'm going to lean a little bit towards Boston again, man. I think Boston's going to edge it out and beat them, go, go to the finals again. I couldn't have said it better myself. But we are out of time here on the Game Plan Podcast. Kennedy Miller, my man, I thank you for hanging out once again. Where can the folks find you on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want them to find you, bro? Underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Again, that's underscore Kennedy Miller underscore. Appreciate all you guys for listening, watching. Me and Alice were talking about this. We've been doing this a long time now. We're, we're practically vets. We're, we are the Golden State Warriors of this. Um, <laughs> we've been Stephen Clay in this thing for a long time now. I think we like we're vets, but we're, but we're young vets. You know what I'm talking about? All right, like, we're kind of like Julius Randle. Yeah. We, we ain't on the vet minimum. You know? Yeah, we, we're not Carmelo Anthony at this point, or, or Zaza Pachulia. Yeah, we can still get max contracts. Like we still in the line for the max. You can't just pay us anything. We ain't you down as hell. Hey, bro, you talking yeah. about somebody who look? Whoever owns the Heat, he is just. I think he just Udonis has him keeping him on the roster as a tax write off at this point. Oh yeah, no me, me and you, man, we still all NBA players. We just been in the league now, so we could say, "Oh, young fella, you don't need to be putting your gun on Instagram live." <laughs> you know, like we got that type of clout now. <laughs> but we still got a couple OGs, you know, like Melo and Braun still the OGs in the league. But yeah, we 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 seasoned though. We a little bit seasoned, and one thing we are doing, no guns on IG Live. <laughs> and no gummies on the airplane. Shout out to Dion Waiters. <laughs> we got to joke about that in a second once we get off oh, yeah. this. Oh, yeah. That's for the OG listeners. Y'all been listening for a long time. If you, if, you catch, if you catch that one, you know for real. But you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in Timberwolves, S as in Sabonis, who needed an x-ray for his chest after Draymond stomped on him, M as in Mother. Again, subscribe to the Game Plan Podcast YouTube channel as well. Follow us on Twitter. Follow the show on Instagram at underscore the Game Plan Podcast. Again, the Instagram is at underscore the Game Plan Podcast. Wherever you're listening and watching, However, you're listening and watching. Thank you for listening and watching. For Kennedy Miller, my name is Alex Goodwin. This has been the Game Plan Podcast. We will see you guys next week. Take it easy.